Welcome, everyone. It is great to be back with another brand new episode of the What the Niche podcast. And as always, I am your host, Andrew Morris. On October 3rd, this past weekend, I had the pleasure of being a guest at the Fright Night Film Festival, and I had the opportunity to chat with some amazing people. I want to give a huge shout out to Ken and Myra Daniels for hosting this event and for allowing me to be a part of it. Thank you so much. The episode that will showcase all of the interviews from the Fright Night Film Festival will be dropping next week, and I am extremely excited for all of you to hear it. Last week, I also had the delight of being a guest on the Dastardly Dingoes podcast. I hate to say this, but I may have had more fun doing their show than I do my own. It was all the fun with none of the work. (laughs) I will post the link for the show once that episode drops. Again, I'd like to encourage everyone to visit my Patreon, which is linked to the donate tab at whatthenitch.net. If you have yet to visit the site, there is merch also available, including t-shirts, stickers, hats, and buttons, and I will be releasing a special edition shirt for Halloween. And a big thanks goes out to my buddy Braxton Gaither for yet another killer design for that shirt, so be on the lookout for that soon. As always, I send all of my love to all of the supporters of the show. That's all the news I got, so without any further delay, it's on to this week's episode. This week, we have a very special episode. For this conversation, I ventured out of the comfort of my office chair to talk to individuals in the midst of their niches. Our journey took us to the American Horrorplex in Louisville, Kentucky, and we talked to those wild and crazy people who make this haunted attraction tick. It really gets your blood pumping. You know, the hair on the back of your neck stands up. It's kind of like going to a haunted house. As soon as you do it, you want to go again. We just, we like getting scared. Not everybody. Some of us. A lot of people do. Scary movies alone in the past few years have generated over a billion dollars in sales. So tonight, Steve Gariola shows us the science of being scared and why we like it so much. (laughs) What are you afraid of? For some people, it's dogs, spiders, snakes. For some, a fear of dark places or cramped spaces, fear of flying, fear of germs. There are as many fears as there are people. Fear is real and can be debilitating. People, for example, with phobias may not be able to tolerate things that you or I may be able to tolerate, and it dramatically interferes with their lives. Some phobias are more unusual, but no less real. The fear of mirrors, fear of garlic, fear of falling asleep, the fear of clowns. Now in many different uh, Halloween parties, clowns are excluded because some people find them very, very scary and threatening. Every one of us experiences fear, but is it always a negative influence, something to avoid? The correct answer is no. Scaring people is a billion dollar industry through movies, TV, haunted houses. What draws us in? And why do we love to be scared? For me, finding enjoyment in fear is something I don't understand. And I'm not alone. All that stabbing and blood and you know, all that kind of stuff. I don't like that kind of stuff. I'd rather see a love story. But there are millions of Americans who enjoy fear, pay good money to have others frighten them. 
In two weeks since opening, the movie Halloween has grossed $200 million. I'm not into horror, watching horror movies, but I love scary. Creepy, spooky, violent. People love it. One time, I accidentally grabbed the guy next to me and I jumped. There are some people that are very scared to be scared and there are people that it is very exciting. According to Dr. Frank, the way we process fear can produce a sense of accomplishment. Maybe a fear of heights challenged on a glass walkway a thousand feet up a mountainside. Fear can produce exhilaration from a high-speed plunge on a roller coaster. Or the perceived danger you share with characters in a scary movie. You know you're safe in that movie theater or at home in your living room, and you know you can't actually come to harm versus if you're out on a street and you're walking and you hear steps following you and that's a very different type of scare. So you may have some fear but it's in the context of knowing that you're going to survive versus other situations where you may not fear that way. Bubble wrapped daily routines. Packaged illusion of comfort tied with a bow of delusion. For the dark still looms, just there on the edges, beyond the things you can't see. Mere shadows dancing in the forests of your imagination. But as the world pushes us forward at a frantic pace, the things that go bump drift into the back of your thoughts. Lost in the consumption of self, every day comprised of tireless monotony cookie-cutter lives leave the spirit yearning fulfillment and challenge become tourists and yet the desire to conquer permeates inside igniting the chase of something exciting something death-defying something terrifying we find ourselves staring at the facade of our own fears. On a sabbatical from our sanity, walking through the doors of the fabricated asylums of horror, immersed in the precarious danger we chose. Around every dark corner we face the embodiments of our ancestry. The things that go bump are personified here. Running free, delighting in every shriek committed from those voluntary victims of dread. Dark corridors lead to blood-splattered productions, starring those thespians of the macabre. Here the audience and the performer become coalescent, each thriving off of the other in a cathartic symbiosis, feeling truly alive. With every rev of the chainsaw or scream from the mimicked ghoul, the need for fight or flight fulfilled. And for one night, it seems as though the citizens of the Daily Dull tribe have found a cure for the mundane. And that brings me to my series of guests this week. In this haunting and enlightening episode, we chat with the owners, operators, and scare actors of the American Horrorplex. 
The owners, Travis Bowling and Matt Clayton, discuss how this haunt came to be and how they met each other and eventually married. They each share beautiful stories about their lives in the business and how they have created something that means much more than creating the next good jump scare. Scott Morgan, Emily Moss, and Lucian Toms share their reasons for working in the scare business, along with laying to rest some of the misconceptions that people have about the work. It was an absolute blast to visit this haunt, and even more fun to chat with these wonderful people. I hope you enjoy the conversations half as much as I enjoyed having them. is probably the most common misconception that people have about people that work in the haunt and or scare business. Well, there were there was a movie about a year or so back called The Houses October Built. Love that movie. I liked parts of it, but the majority of it made it sound like all haunt actors were doing some sort of, uh, you know, f- finishing out their public sentence uh, with drug addicts, nuts cases. Um, I mean, if anything, it's just a good way to get in touch with your inner Vincent Price. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but uh, myself, I mean, back when I was, uh, good Lord, was 15 years old, I started getting the bug to want to become an actor. And it was my father, the big practical parent, who said, hey, the Louisville JCs are always looking for people for that haunted house of theirs. Why don't you go down there? And I've been hooked ever since. That's awesome. So you worked in this business how long? It's been 44 years. I started when I was 15. I just turned 59 in August. Wow, that's amazing. So what would be the most memorable thing that you've encountered in those 44 years, if you can pick one? I used to play the Wolfman for the JCs. And there was one time to where I jumped out of the sky. And he did a classic Lou Costello bit. Ah! Turned around and ran directly into the wall behind him. That's awesome. Uh, Worst picture ever! <laughs> Clean your lens. What potato did you use to take this picture? <laughs> so, that's amazing. I love that. Um, what is probably the most surprising thing about working in this business? Um, the customers don't always play up to what you'd expect. I mean, I've seen people carrying toddlers through haunted houses, and they and they come, and they come out laughing and giggling, whereas college age students are ah, you know running for the front door. Yeah, it's interesting how you know it's all you, you paid to come here, like you you googled it and came here, and the people get so worked up. It's interesting. I almost feel like they want that to be a thing. It's for the same reason people ride roller coasters. Yeah, I can see that. It's the perception of danger. Yeah, I can think that. Yeah, I think it's maybe, like, I, I talk about this a lot, like, with horror movies in general, I feel like it's kind of like a catharsis in a way. Oh, yeah. Like, we, we put it upon ourselves so that, you know, life can be scary on a daily basis, so we kind of use this as a way to... Flip, off, like, flip on the evening news sometimes. You'll yeah, find exactly. Out, yeah. It's way more scary than this shit, so... Has 
I'm a very unintimidating person, so being able to scare a grown man about your size just makes me happy. <laughs> certainly made me feel uneasy. Oh, good. It. Yeah. Um, what do you think is something that people misunderstand about people that work in clubs? That we're crazy or that They're we're probably not wrong. unapproachable <laughs> in like regular society? Because That's... working at a haunt, I used to be terrified of everything when it came to going through a haunt. Cool. Working at one now, it's like, we're not scary individuals outside of the haunt. It's our persona that we put on to give you all a good show and give you your money's worth, basically. That's fabulous. Uh, what is probably one of the most memorable things that you've done as far as being a haunt person? Um, climbing the wall, like I always do, and there was a domino effect of people, about six people falling down on top of each other. <laughs> And trying to scramble to get up very confusingly. That's right there. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt, co-owner of the American Horrorplex, acting director, sound, light, guy. I mean, you could do more, I feel like. I Probably. Mean, what you're saying, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I always like to start, especially with something like this, and I asked her husband the same question. Um, why, uh, what misunderstandings or misconceptions do you think that people have presented you with in working at something like this? I, I think the biggest misconception, am I close enough? No, it's a uh, multi-range. Oh, it's uh, Zoom. Oh, okay, Zoom, come on. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest misconception is that these things just prop up overnight. That it just happens quick, it's easy, and uh, it isn't a year-round drudging hard work based kind of thing because it takes so much to make a big machine like this work um and that's that's really it it's it's not just a bunch of kids jumping out of the shadows and saying boo <laughs> there's a lot of technicality logistics and especially in a year like this one where there's a pandemic there were so many extra concerns that we had to address that made the machine even more complex so i think that's the biggest thing is that uh that we're rich, that this is easy, it pops up overnight, and yeah, I would say those are it. Yeah, it, it almost makes it sound like you guys mean it because Travis said Dan there the same thing. It's <laughs> it's exactly what it is. So it's out. wild. Beautiful sound effect. It is. <laughs> you felt it the whole time, I love it. Um, so I'm gonna ask you something a little bit different than what I asked him. Sure. What's your inspiration? What made you want to do this? Um, two two main things when I was a little kid I grew up in England and the BBC puts out sound effect albums they have yeah. all of their their archives of sound effects out as records and at the local library I went and got the sound effects of horror and just burned that wax down to nothing <laughs> and got hooked on sound design and creepy stuff and was always into horror and then this is so corny, man, but it's the truth. The Michael Jackson thriller video, when you got it on VHS, there was a making of documentary that was like an hour or two long. Wore that tape out, Dude, totally it's addicted. Rick Baker. There's nothing cheesy about that. Absolutely. All, I'm, I'm, a horror. I'm not just here, I'm not a tourist. Right I'm on. I'm a fucking horror, man. So, yeah, that is not cheesy at all. 
Thank you. <laughs> that that was really my gateway drug, and then you know Clive Barker, Stephen King, all of that stuff. Hugely inspired by Silent Hill. Like it's it's strange how things have moved from film to video games almost because it's you get to explore a world, and and for us, that's what we wanted to create when a customer gets out of their car from the second they're on the lot they're in our world now we wanted to create a holistic universe with rules and a backstory so you could get lost in it and escape a little bit i love that and the fact that you bring up silent hill is hilarious because i have two silent hill tattoos up here <laughs> it's one of my all right films. yeah christophe Lagans, he did an amazing job with the film the first film yes and revelations is an abomination yeah um so is there any is there anything about doing this that has surprised you? Yes. Yes. Um, uh, to make no bones about it, um, the way that I had to engage with the cast as a leader is super cult-like. <laughs> it, it, there's, it's very culty. And finding out that you are capable of so much more than you believe when you're up against the wall and have no choice but to do something rad you do something rad and the the best part the most surprising thing was not the pride i feel for what travis or i accomplish with what we've created here or richard our other co-owner um and janelle it's the the vicarious pride like going through the show walking through with another group earlier sure we workshopped them we designed the rooms to work in certain ways but it's not until the actors get in there inject their own lifeblood their own creativity and ideas and get off on the world we've created to make it that much you know more organic that it's like oh that hits me right in the feels and i get all misty-eyed every almost every weekend because they just do such a great job and and so that's the biggest surprise is just like well i know i'm cool but when like 50 60 70 other people are super cool oof that's that's awesome. rad i love that yeah I, I, I totally yeah i get that as a teacher you know as I, if i teach a kid something and i see them like actually use something that i know that i taught them i'm like i know for a fact you learned that in this class you see him utilize it or tell another student well actually let me help you it's this and you go oh yeah <laughs> you know it's that thing that you help create so it's that process is really fun i don't want to teach them to to just mimic me or mimic an idea i had um it's more about teaching them the aptitude to grow into their own natural strengths you know and like when they're they're always coming to me with ideas and stuff and i'm like just don't tell me show me and when they do it's always the shit <laughs> you know so it's yeah like you said it's it's when they surprise you with their own talent that you're just like cool my work here is done <laughs> you know, like, i love that man um i know this is gonna be a hard question it was hard for travis uh but i'm gonna pitch to you anyway what has been the most um memorable memory in doing the haunts and you know bringing this brainchild to fruition um i think i'll have to go twofold the first one is is meeting travis at psychomania which used to be in clarksville um 
because neither of us were looking for anybody and we found each other and then here we are 11 years later married with 70 children or whatever and um and the growth that's happened there and the the other i think best memory Ooh, that is tough that's a hard one i i would say the the award ceremonies at the end of each season but particularly our first season in this new location was magical because it was so tough to move everything from 7th Street Haunt here to the American Horrorplex and rebuild it from the ground up and start over. And all of the babies in there gave it all their heart and we had a great first season. And yeah, there was many teary-eyed moments and I think that's, that's probably my favorite standout memory is just that stuff. Touchy-feely crap. Okay, my name is Scott Morgan. Very cool. Uh, so, what is your job here at the American Horror Place? I am the wardrobe and costume designer and manager, and I'm also the makeup manager. Very cool. Very cool. So, what inspired you to pursue, um, you know, a job in makeup and things of that nature? Uh, well, I've done beauty makeup for about 20 years now, maybe about 24, honestly. Uh, and then I've always kind of dabbled in special effects makeup, and then... I used to babysit Travis a long time ago, and I ran back into him, and he told me he had a haunted house, and I was like, well, I didn't know how you actually got a job in a haunt. I was like, so would you be willing to hire me to do makeup? And he made me come in and do an audition and trial run with makeup, and I've been stuck with him since. That's that's so fun that you went from beauty to, to the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. Was that transition weird for you? Uh, No, because I, I like the... Uh, the more theatrical versions of makeup i like to be able to be more creative when it comes to that and usually when you do beauty makeup you're following a trend and with this i get to set the trend you know i sit down all year long i sketch out every makeup every look every costume everything and i go and create it myself by myself nobody else interferes it's it's all coming from my brain and gets put into this world that's fantastic i love that i love that um so as someone who does makeup uh, specifically, have you ever encountered people coming at you with uh, particular misconceptions or assuming things about you because you tell them what you do? Well, yeah, you always get people who's going to look down upon you because of the field that you're in. But where else can you go and create create a whole nother world for people to come and enjoy and just get to sit back and watch all the fruits of your labor come to life because of somebody else's, you know, getting into that character? You know, so that's what my that's where my joy comes from. Yeah, I work a lot and I do a lot over the year, but it all pays off when September rolls around and they get into character, and then I get to see what was in my head brought to life inside this haunt. That's fantastic. I love that. Um, so, in doing this, how long have you been doing this specifically? Okay, so I've been I've been with Travis since 2014, and my very first year with Travis, I was a makeup artist and I was an actor. And during my, I was only in here for three weeks and I went paralyzed from the waist down. So uh, my whole life kind of changed and I lost everything in that, in the sense of like home, car, everything. And then within that year, he offered me a job taking over doing all costumes so he didn't have to keep, you know, purchasing generic costuming. And I said, yeah, let me, I'll, you know, I'll show you what I can do. And then that's just kind of where these jobs landed me. And now I have a costume shop and I do all my own prosthetics and I work around Louisville and I've had the opportunity of being on films. And so I, if it wasn't for Travis and the American Horror Place, I don't know where I'd be right now. That's, that's, that's 
almost always. I mean, this place is surrounded with a lot of good vibes, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so what has been your fondest or most memorable memory uh, as far as either this or working in the horror and uh, themed house makeup? I think my fondest memory, honestly, would have to be just the general uh like love that everybody has for one another you know we're all a bunch of just misfits that when we come together we actually fit together and we're a haunt family like you ain't gonna find another haunt that operates and and carries on the way that we do we have such pride and everybody's here for one another you know and that's what that's what stands out and that's the fondest memory to me is when i went paralyzed all my friends and family wasn't there but these people that i had only known a few weeks as far as actors and stuff had my back had they called they sent videos they you know kept on making sure that every anything that i needed whether it was a bill paid whatever they took care of it you know like so these people are my family like i i honestly would die for each and every one of them so that you know that when you ask me what haunt means to me that's it you know it's not it's not the fact that i get to do something that i thoroughly enjoy and love it's the fact that i get to surround myself six weeks out of the year mostly with everybody that i really want to be around and then for the most part it's just me and a core of managers throughout the whole year that get to do this and we're just a tight-knit group you know and we all we share everything you know our whole life you know so that's this is just a, it's a big family that you get to surround yourself with so that's my memories you know that's what i'll take it, no matter what i achieve as far as wards or acknowledgements or any of that none of that matters to me as much as the core family that we have here that's fantastic i love that um so i try to phrase this a little bit different for each person um what is the most surprising thing that you've encountered maybe outside of that because i'm sure that was probably surprising oh i have no clue um I guess when when I started, I was, like I said, I was an actor, but only for a few weeks during before I went paralyzed. But during that time, just the sheer fact of seeing the scares, you know, from people, that was like one of the things. I just, I'm one of those people, I've always loved haunts. I go to haunts and I just kind of laugh and, you know, because I'm like, this is all make-believe, you know, but some of these people coming through. I mean, this is real life, you know, it, it, it messes them up to the core. I've had people lay down in the floor in front of me and, and like lose bodily functions just because they saw the sight of me standing there. So that, that was the shocking part to me. You know, that's was I was like, wow, you know, just to see that, the that you don't even have to say anything to somebody, just the sheer, you know, intimidation of when they walk around the room and they see me and here out, my character was the torture queen. So I'm standing in a hot pink gown with hair that I've scalped off of somebody and all these, uh, you know, it's crazy. And then I open my mouth and I'm, you know, all deep manly voice. And they're like, is that a man or a woman? And then they're just like shocked and laying in the floor. Don't know what the world's going on. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that that was the most shocking to me just because I couldn't believe that other people can't take their self out of the fantasy of it. You know, that they really emerge their self so deep that they're like, this is all real. Yeah, it's so strange. It's like I Googled how to get here. You know, <laughs> yeah. Up directions and MapQuest brought me here, you know, or whatever. I bought a ticket and it, they still find themselves. But I think it, it comes back to wanting that. It's much like it's that wanted fear that we have when we sit down in the theater and we know that this movie, we saw the trailer. It's something that makes us uncomfortable. 
but we decide to do it anyway. Yeah. And I, I come back to this all the time. I think it's that beautiful catharsis that individuals who are really into horror, that we're willing to face our fears all the time. So I think that's what makes us really chill. Yeah. The majority of the people in the horror community that I know, like when you talk to them out and about, they're pretty freaking laid back. Yeah. And that's the weird part, yeah. you know, because you would expect people who work in haunts. I, I had that misunderstood, you know, misconception of people who work in haunts is evidently needing to be crazy or, <laughs> oh, you know, over the top. But really, I mean, some of these people are nurses and doctors and, you know, people you wouldn't even think that would come out here and do it. But, you know, on the other hand, they need that release, you know, because their daily life is just so chaotic. Where else can you go and just let loose and take all that frustration and stuff out? in a healthier manner, you know, and you get paid to scare these people, you know? So like, that's a win-win. Well, I'm Travis Bowling and uh, I'm one of the owners of American Horror Productions and the American Horror Plex. Okay, um, so tell me how this brainchild of a play started. I know you said you owned another haunt, moved from that, you said there was a story in that, I'd love to hear it. Okay, so basically, um, years ago, uh, back in 2012, I had worked at a haunted house called Psychomania over in Clarksville. And, oh, it was it was in the old Dollar Movie Theater by the mall. Oh, wow. Oh, it was great. Loved it. Um, it was corny as hell. But a dear friend of mine I'd been working with for years, Phil Granger, got me into haunted houses, and that was his brainchild. He's an old carny from way back, owned his own circus, a retired cop from Chicago. He was awesome. Well, anyway, February 28th, 2012, it burns to the ground. He doesn't have a lick of insurance, and he loses everything. So whenever you're in a performance art like this, everybody becomes your family. And I told my mom, I said, we've got to keep the Haunt family together. You know, all these are misfits that all fit together at this one place. So I had had a business plan drawn up and been always wanted to open up my own haunted house. And um, in trying to find a place to do a fundraiser for Phil, the old man, we found Expo 5. <clears throat> and uh, they said, we've always wanted to have a haunted house here. The next day, I said, Mom, put the best thing you got on. We're going down there and signing a deal. And we got a 25,000 square foot warehouse and called it 7th Street Haunt. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And it was me, my mom, and my mother-in-law that got it up and running. Well, we were supposed to have had another partner. Well, he backed out on us after we had signed papers. And we were screwed. Yeah. My mother-in-law pulled me into her office. And she's only about four foot nothing. A little bitty short British woman. And she said, Travis, is this really something you want to do? I said, more than anything in the world. It's the only thing I know how to do right. She said, how much? And she gave me her life savings to open up a haunted house. Wow. And so, so me and Nancy and my mom, Tracy, we were in there day in, day out, using burned up props from Psychomania, and we opened. Hell, that probably adds a cool aesthetic. Oh, it did, it did. Um, but that first year, only 849 people came through the door that whole year. And my mother-in-law, she took me by the side and she said, Travis, we can only do better. We can only keep going forward. And then the next year we did 4,500 people. And the next year we did 12,000 people. And every year it got a little better, a little better. And um, then Nancy, she stepped away. My husband, Matt, stepped in. Um, my mom, she got in a little bit worse her health and she backed out. 
and uh, we brought on Rich Teach out from uh, Asylum Haunted Screen Park. And um, now it's me, Matt, Rich, and uh, his wife, Janelle. Very cool. Um, Sorry, long story, but oh, it's, dude, you know. That's awesome. Great, I great. Love it. That's, that's the stuff, like seeing that it's rags from the bottom to the top. I mean, you're working well, your way up. we're midway. We're midway. <laughs> yeah, but to your dream, that's the top. Hey. hey yeah. Because, see, that's the, I talk about this with a lot of people. It's this feast or famine mentality. So I have a lot of friends that are mid-level artists, they're mid-level comic book artists, they're mid-level actors, but they get to make money that they can live on and do the thing they love more than anything else. Yeah. You're doing that. I, Is there another top? Well. Maybe there, money, but. The, well, so I still have a nine to five job. Oh, okay. Damn. Yeah. Okay. So I work 40 plus hours a week killing bugs for a living. Oh, shit. Okay. Then I come here on the weekends and put in another 24 hours you know, on Saturday and Sunday. <clears throat> I don't know why, but I get the image of you as John Goodman and Rappaport. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Just stepping on a spider. I, I'm, my my customers are the absolute best. All the other guys that work with me, they're like, Travis, how can you? I've got people that make me sandwiches and just, I mean, there's people I don't eat. They're the best anyway. <laughs> but if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And eventually... I'll get to the point to where I won't have to work as hard for somebody else. Um, on top of doing this, I do carnival games at fairs and festivals. And uh, I take a man-eating chicken around in a 10 by 10 tent. Um, oh, yeah. I have a 350, six-foot-two man-eating chicken. It's a real chicken. It's a real man-eating chicken. You've got to see it one time. Just It's a dollar to walk in the tent. <laughs> Yeah, it's I, it's amazing. I will come and see it for sure. It's <laughs> so one of my one of the questions that is really kind of the guiding purpose of this this whole brainchild that I've had with this podcast is helping people understand some of the misunderstandings that people might have for each niche. Okay. So for you, your niche is this. Yeah. Uh, working a haunt. So what do you think people might assume about you that probably isn't true? What do people say to you frequently? <laughs> well, first and foremost, they think this goes up in a month. <laughs> so that's a that's a huge misconception uh we start in december basically with ideas and what's really possible what's not and you know it, as you walked through tonight there were 63 different people you came in contact with from security to sales to the monsters and they all have input that i put into this because i didn't build this for me i absolutely did not build this for me we are the last of the carnies. We are people who don't fit in anywhere else. And this is where people feel at peace and at home. And I'm able to give that to them. This isn't for me. And a lot of people, too, they'll start counting heads. And they'll go, oh, that's $25. That's $25. That's $25. And think I'm wealthy beyond. But, I mean, my payroll is over $30,000. You know, and <clears throat> upkeep and everything else. I drive that little beat-up Toyota sitting over there that has two flat tires. So, I mean, um, another misconception, I think, is people think I'm this big, weird guy that has dead bodies in my house, and all I do is think about blood and guts. And You don't? No. No. And I do have a cool We're house, hopeful. though. <laughs> trap doors? You got trap doors? Absolutely. Holy but shit, but it's because of the monsters. Oh, yeah, of course. It's why and, I love that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big cornball. Whenever yeah. it comes to any of that. And um, 
but I think those are probably the biggest misconceptions. Um, but I mean, I really do this for the folks and to entertain people. You know, I don't get off on the screams and the, Oh my God, I just, you know, I'll never come back. I want people to walk out going, Oh my gosh, that was great. We had such a fun time. You know, it's, I don't care if they buy the picture or buy the t-shirt, they're leaving with memories. And that's what I want people to leave with. And it's, it's, I'm sorry, I go on a tangent, but guys, like I said, my best friend in the world is 78 years old, Phil Granger. And he is still doing this, trying his damnedest. And he wants his legacy to go on. I am the kind of person that I want people to, when they're talking to their grandkids or their kids and they go, because of Travis, they might not know who I am, but because of me, they had this memory. They had this time. They have this to hold on to for years. And that's why I do it. So that's beautiful. Well, I'm going to ask you a hard question. Sure. Yeah. Um, I know sometimes it's going to be difficult for people to hone in on a specific thing for you. What has been one of the most memorable things? Um, I know it's tough. No, it's emotional is what it is. Um, so in all the time I've done this, um, I'm big with my family and, uh, they, if they needed me to, I'd close the doors right now for them. But, uh, probably four years ago, my, uh, great aunt, my grandma and my grandpa, and those all three helped raise me, were able to come through my haunted house. Um... We had to have them in wheelchairs. And, uh, you know, we walked through with them and told the actors, don't scare them too bad. But, uh, you know, they uh, they were able to see what I've put all this work into. And um, I lost my grandma a year and a half ago. And uh, while she was laying there in bed, she asked me what my favorite memory was with her. And that was it. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, that and, uh, you know, building this with my mom, you know, just the time that we lost when I was little then be able to have this much time together when I'm older. You know, it's it's, it's my family. That's it. It's beautiful. I love that, man. Well, is uh, give some... No, that's... Tough. No, you're good, man. After that, that's beautiful, dude. Um, I understand that feeling. Because uh, there's... Our, we're actually brothers. Yeah, so. oh, this is my brother right awesome, here. And, awesome, awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah we, we do stuff like this, and it's just me and him, and these are the times that we remember the most. Yeah. I got the email from you to come down and, and be a part of this. He's the first phone call. I mean, it's not even a question. I'm like, uh, he won tickets a couple years ago to Louder Than Life, and, and uh, I, saw, the first I saw him post about it, and I called him up on, after his post on Facebook. I'm like, I'm the guy, right? <laughs> it, it, for me, it was just like, uh, yeah, no question. <laughs> so we know what it is to live and die for each other, man. So I, I totally get it. And uh, I, a moment like that, yeah, I was in a metal band. Uh, we played at Expo 5, so it was okay. fucking weird yeah. that it all came yeah. together this way. Uh, we got to play a show there, and their stage was dope. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, we come down off that stage. And, of course, I was their biggest fan he was there <laughs> i was, was also their uh roadie yeah <laughs> but my dad was there 
And my dad wasn't necessarily into heavy metal, so I screamed a lot and everything. And he, he, he loved it. He loved it, and he's he's gone now. So Ten I, years. And uh, I come down off the stage, and, you know, it wasn't his kind of music. But when I come down off of that stage, he's like, son, y'all look like fucking rock stars tonight. Y'all sounded so good. You up there, you commanded the stage. And I come down, and I was like, I get it. Yeah. You know, people ask me one of my favorite memories. That's one of my favorite memories. Just, like, to have my dad be a part of something that I worked my ass off on. You know, I was in that band for four years. So, when you say, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I get it. Man. I bet you didn't expect to cry tonight, did you? No. God damn it. Yeah. yeah. It's, That's what it's all about, though, man. <laughs> I mean, it's experiences that you can never relive that you hold on to so tight. And, um, you know, if... <laughs> If that's what this is for those kids in the line and, you know, the the time that, hey, I got to go visit my dad for this weekend and we came out and did that. Or, you know, it's that's what it's about. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, our, our dad took us to these haunts when we were probably seven, eight. Probably. Yeah, and I remember. Right, it was mostly like Haunted Hotel. Cause it was oh, right yeah. Down the yeah, street, right down the street. But we had went on one of the danger runs. Yep. yep. And um, Oh, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> it was. I'm like eight, you know, and I'm kind of scared at that point, you know, and my dad's like, it's fine. It's fake. You know, our parents always let yeah. us watch the craziest horror movies. And they're like, you don't have to worry about the people in the movies. You got to worry about the people in the real world. And so they always instilled in that in, in us that you don't worry about the boogeyman. You worry about the guy that's your neighbor that you don't know what he's doing. You know, my mom told me the only reason I was born was so somebody could watch scary movies with her. <laughs> <laughs> so you get yeah, it. Yeah. But uh, the first time we're walking up to this house at the Danger Run, Haunted House, part of the uh, Ghost Run for listeners that aren't familiar. You drive around in a car, you follow clues, uh, and it takes you to this haunted house. So we're walking up, and this dude just walks up, and he's talking to us. And he's like, what's up, little man? He's like, you scared? He's like, it's going to be fine. I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. My dad's chatting him up. We're chatting him up. And I I hear a chainsaw from the distance. And I'm like, oh, I'm grabbing my dad. And... Like, the guy's still talking to us. He's chatting us up. He's like, hey, man, it's just a haunted house. He's like, you know, it's all pretend, right? And the next thing I know, I hear, whoa! And he's one of the, the scare, the one of the haunter, haunt workers, whatever you call them. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, see, I'm just a normal person. He's like, but you don't got to be scared. He's like, no, I just scared you, but I'm just a person. And since then, I'm like, I'll walk through and i have a good time. Right, yeah. You know, I got, got over that fear for that by that guy just talking to you know a little eight-year-old right so yeah. uh do you want to promote uh promote yourself tell hours cost things oh like if that. i'm just promoting me yes i'm yeah. travis bowling i'm the greatest person that ever walked uh, i mean you know no uh so the american horrorplex we're at 2012 northwestern parkway open every friday and saturday uh, now through uh halloween and we're open from eight until 2 a.m um we've uh general mission price is 25 dollars uh, we've got concessions, photos, merch, uh, and you'll just have a hell of a good time. Come come see what all the screams are about. Beautiful. Thank you for taking some time to talk to us, Travis. Appreciate hey, you, I appreciate y'all coming out. Absolutely. Talk to you. We had a blast.